killed a wabbit with my spirit magic helmet. With my spirit magic helmet. Welcome to the edge of nowhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, I'm going to say it, very special Leap Day edition of the Monster Lore Tour Paranormal Deep Dives from the Edge of Nowhere podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Carr, here along with my co-host and the watership to my down, Mr. Matt Ozero, a.k.a. the Moz. How are we doing today, Moz? I have so much to say already. First, was that, the, <laughs> was that your Christian Bale Batman opening? Because it was a little camel-throated there. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Second, I read Watership Down to do that. Not, not even kidding. I read Watership Down, and you yeah. had to Watership to my down me? You have to down this already? Am I watering it down on you? You watered it down. Uh, see, I'm making bad jokes right at the front of your watership episode. Watership to my down. Okay, that's the way you want to start. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, all- you know, you got off the whole, you know, elf to my shelf stuff, so I appreciate that. It's all about rabbits today, though. That's right. No, it was a great book, and I enjoyed rereading it. I actually, that one passed me by in my younger years. I read it not all that long ago for the first time. And I was like, man, I wish I had read this, t- you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. Or like when I was a yeah. kid, you know. It's a it's a bunny coming of age story. It's it really, really it, it's a fantastic book. Yeah. But we're, we're here to do a different side of rabbits today, I'm quite sure. Nope. I do have Watership Down stuff coming. No, oh, it's a little trickstery in there. Isn't yeah. It? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yep. Isn't it, Moss? Yep. Yeah. But let's start with our opening segment of old business i actually found an article that made me mess with our timeline again a little bit (laughs) this is uh kind of an update on an ongoing conversation we've been having involving the uap and pro alien probe episodes and the potential of tesseractian sort of craft oh awesome uh, it, it really actually harkens back to side trail 14 which i realized we never actually released publicly so I'm going to put that at the end of this. So the, the side trail for this one is going to be a re-release of, of side trail 14. over it on Leap Day? Oh, I hopped right by it. Yes, I did. Oh. Hopped right by it. No, 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 no puns today. Okay. For Rabbit Day. All right. I have a couple, but once we get them out of my system. How do we not do puns on, <laughs> ra- on Leap Day special just, Rabbit Leapus Day? No, can't. Can't do too many. But, uh. This really goes back. The thing it mostly ties into is that side trail. So I'm going to tease that side trail right now with this paragraph from this article I found on howandwise.com. Link will, of course, be in the show notes. But anyone who's heard us have this conversation yet, you'll know what we're getting into. And Maz, I, mean, I want to see your face when I read this. You remember all the I stuff do. we talked about with the, the Tesseract? Certainly. That was exciting. 
Just one paragraph in the middle Confusing of Confusing and mind-boggling, but exciting. Sure, sure. But this says, A very strange UFO case has been shared by American attorney Daniel Sheehan with Daily Mail. Sheehan, involved in bringing UFO whistleblowers to Congress, claimed that a whistleblower told him a mind-boggling tale about a recovered crashed UFO. He revealed that a crashed UFO recovered by the U.S. military had distorted space-time and was, quote, bigger on the inside, unquote. It's a TARDIS. A Tesseract. Well, it's still a TARDIS. The, the TARDIS was a Tesseract, <laughs> basically. It's Yeah. But wow. yeah, there you go. So wow. uh, that is confirmation from one of the horses. Yeah, mouths. you mentioned that. And that. now you, you went with the Tesseract thing. Now they're finding things that are bigger on the inside. To, to just give a how, little. How sure are they that the physics is holding up that we've really found something beyond our comprehension? Oh, according to these whistleblowers, we have definitely found a lot of things we don't comprehend. So this is something. The military has, and it still isn't admitting, and this is on the whistleblower still end of things. Correct. Okay. Correct. It's still amazing. They, they're not going to tell us about that stuff. They're trying to recreate it. They don't yeah. want us to know about it until they have it. Once they make it and they can use it, then they might tell us about it. Yeah. That's that's the way I see it anyway. That's the way, you know, the government slash military tends to operate yep. with their intelligence and their technologies and whatnot. But, uh... Essentially, we were talking about the cube inside the, the sphere, sphere, basically, is what a lot of these look like. Yeah. The, uh, the what is it, Ryan But because Graves, it's folding it? in, right, because it, because the physics is folding in, you right. did mention that left open the option for precisely that, right? Right. That that what appears to us to be a three-dimensional cube is actually a four-dimensional, maybe it's, even it's more, hypercube that... Right. When you slip into it, all of a sudden it's gigantic right. inside. Wow! But we'll we'll get off that subject because we did cover it previously. I just wanted to bring that update, and if you're interested in more of that, go back check out our UAP and probe episodes, and stick around or check out the side trail following this episode. The one you leaped over. The one I leapt over. Yep. Uh, it's all about tesseracts and how they work. If you wanna, if you're not clear on that. That's the best I can do is in that side trail. I, I think I got Moz to understand it, so yes. it should work for well, just about everybody, I think. Thanks. <laughs> You're not the most scientific guy, man. No, I, I mean, I can hold my own somewhat, depending on the subject matter. All right, so let me pass it on over to you. You you wanted to start with uh, finishing off your Kushtikus segment and then get into the rabbits? Is that what I you're doing? I did. We have to finish the Kushtika, and the reason why you ask is because you know it was a long episode Kushtika. we kind of ran out of time i panicked a dog man ate my homework missed, i forgot to say segment. I, I missed a few you, things you leapt over it i leapt over it you, this is the this is the cleanup at the end of the right year we, we were just cleaning up the rest of things we forgot in the last several episodes i i think that's a very proper use of a leap day special yeah my clear everything out. it's like a spring cleaning you know yep yeah. I, I what, a, what a perfect day for it but I'm a, a little annoyed that I forgot some of this stuff, but we're going to get to it now. If you haven't, check out the Kushtika episode. Uh, but basically, it was about the Tlingits of Alaska. Uh, they were plagued and haunted by this community of otter people monsters called the Kushtika, which are also associated with like a Bigfoot-sized creature. And I wanted to make another point about the Thomas Bay rock slide. There was a rock slide, if you remember, in 1750, and there was this whole 
It killed 500 villagers. It was either blamed on the Tlingit shaman of the time, who may have pissed off Acoustica, or the Acousticas themselves seeking revenge. It was all this, you know, who who done it kind of stuff. One of the things I forgot to, to mention is that there's an additional tie-in where there's a Tlingit shaman back in the day who actually could m- create little landslides with his mind. And there's actually, I Ooh. found that in this account in Roger Olson's Tlingit Shamanism and Sorcery. Uh, it's from the very tribe tormented most by these otter creatures, the Tlingit. And he was doing it for like mini landscaping purposes, kind of take out a section to kind of turn over the bushes for different reasons. Okay, <laughs> But you can see why, if they have a Tlingit shaman that could do that, why they would immediately go back to this major event being a shaman or acoustica-related incident. Oh, yeah, because if he can control the earth like that, right? who else can do that? Yeah, and that was knocking over a whole mountain, not this little, you know, basically little pruning and agricultural effort of the shaman at the time, but it's still, it's, it's a mini version of the same thing we talked about. Yeah, it's just, you know, just scaling it up is yeah. all you're doing there. scaling the it down because it went down. Or, or scaling it down, thank <laughs> slid you. Slid down the hill and killed everyone. Escalating it yeah. down. But if you do do that Excuse agricultural me. end, that's a not John Deere, by the way. So, oh. yep. But it's a, yeah, we're gonna should we make the no pun thing now? Boo. It's gonna get worse. Yeah, we got. That's why we have to make a rule at some <laughs> point. But pun away, my friend. Pun oh, away. I don't know about that. You know, but it's in the show notes. Check it out. And uh, the other thing is Swanton Tlingit myths and texts or something I forgot from there. I wanted to mention that he talks about. The people of the North Pacific Coast as a whole, shamanism reached its climax among the Tlingit. He's saying that, and this is just one guy who covered some stories for them, whether it's true or not back in the day. You know, this is from the 1800s. But basically, he's saying that they reached a peak, that they were the best at their game. But shamanism kind of degraded in that area. It kind of devolved into Sicily. But if this is true, you know, maybe that Thomas Ray Bay rock slide was the Kushtika saying, you know, your shaman are too powerful and they wanted to kill the shaman there. It's just a, yeah. it's just a thought. Knock them down to size. Right. I also at, do. at a certain point, it's, you know, it's almost like the whole society filters they talk about where at a certain point you either get through the filter or you don't. I don't think they got through the filter. They got too powerful for the spirits to want to allow them to continue maybe, right? Well, it's more like what you talk about. The aliens, now we can bring nukes to their planet. All yeah. of a sudden they care. The Kushtikas were all of a sudden like, wow, we got to stop this. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, who they knows? Start making pro- they, they get so powerful they can actually start making problems for the higher levels. Then all of a sudden the higher <laughs> levels don't want you up there anymore. And a, and a footnote though, I don't know what the state of Tlingit shamanism is. If we're wrong, if someone knows more and wants to let us know, please do. This is just one comment. I have read elsewhere in theses that Tlingit shamanism has degraded into Sisseri, and, and there isn't a whole lot of shamanism going on up that, in that area, but I do not know if that is true or not. So, Have they been westernized? No, I think it's everywhere. Shamanism has lost a lot of, in certain yeah. tribes, they've been definitely degraded. Uh, that area is supposed to have "quote unquote" lost most of their shamans, and and it's you know, and I don't know if that's true. So I'm just kind of sad evolution if it is, you yeah. know. I also found I ma- I mentioned angry beavers, and I'm very mad at myself. There's a reason I did that. <laughs> They're an otter adjacent cr- creature. That was the joke, but it's because I found the original account of the angry beaver, and I forgot to re- read it. This was the one that really made me upset. By the way, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> well, you find the. The onset of the Angry Beaver of Cartoon Network fame, and then you fail to mention it. Like that's kind of a sad day in MLT world, you know. 
But uh, so you're going to tell us where the angry beavers came from? I am, and it actually comes from again C.G. Leyland's 1884, The Algonquin Legends of New England, or Myths and Folklore of the Micmac, Passamaquoddy, and Penobscot Tribes. And this is how it goes, real quick. So they sailed. So they sailed. No, I'm not into the sea. Sun. Into yeah, isn't it the sea? They sailed into the sea. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they sailed. Anyway, you you read that part so we <laughs> don't keep singing. I think it depends on which part of the song you're in. So they <laughs> so they sailed on over the sun sunlit sea. Well, you're right in this case. But it was not long before the elf gifted saw rising among the waves far before them a dark mass, which soon proved to be a tremendous beast coming to attack them. And as he drew near, they saw Quabit, Q-U-H-B-E-T, the giant beaver, and his eyes were angry. Yeah, I know. But the Muckamawes, which is basically their trickstery guy, seeing this, steers straight to meet the monster, and coming to him said, I am the great hunter of beavers. Lo, I, it looks like LOL, LOL, I am the but, I am their butcher. I was going to say LOL after he said that. Yeah, but it's an odd place to have a laugh out loud, but I'm the butcher. I am the great hunter of beavers. Lo, I am their butcher. Many a one has fallen by my hand. Now the beaver had placed himself underwater with his tail out and rising upwards that he might sink the canoe with a blow thereof, for the beaver strikes mightily in such wise as his wont. But he of the magic power, back to Mickamwes, with one blow of his tomahawk cut the tail from the body and sailed onward. One shot, angry wow. beaver. That's a good shot no with the blade. T- no cartoon TV show now. Well, there were such things as giant beavers back in the day, right? Like Ice Age with the yeah. mammoths and yep. sloths and yep. stuff. There yeah. was. I think we talked about uh, a couple of them that reached fo- either uh, wolf size or lion size yeah, with otters, you, you know. And imagine a beaver's tail yeah. scaled up to that size with the slapping power of that thing. I, I could see that thing flipping canoes over. Yeah, if it's like an Ankylosaurus version where it had all these like uh, maces attached to it, yeah. it'd be even, yeah. even more fun. I definitely wouldn't want to be in a kayak near one of those things, I tell you what. <laughs> Another thing that tips kayaks. See why I should never kayak in the subarctic or the sub Yeah, I'm kind of learning that. And I, I'm really glad I did that before I knew all this. <laughs> all these mythical things that might hurt I you. I don't know if I'm going to want to go kayaking up there again after all your episodes, Boz. <laughs> Last thing I forgot, another important one. I forgot Mad Cujo's. I wanted to give oh. the author of the 1988 University of British Columbia thesis, The Tlingit Land Otter Complex, Coherence in the Social and Shamanic Order. R.A. Barazal, this Mad Cujo's is for you. Ah, boy. Congratulations, Mr. Barazal. Yep. In the show notes, mentioned it last time, but wanted to shout it out because I mentioned it a few times, and it was, a, it was if you get a chance, very informative read. So there you go. And that's it. So we can kind of hope uh, we can shift rabbit word now. Hop on down the road to our next topic here. There you go. I like I like that I'm sitting on your couch for this one because I keep actually literally bouncing up and down like a rabbit every time I make a rabbit joke. Yeah. This is where he comes up with the elf on the shelf comments when he's bouncing on my couch. I yeah. couldn't do this in my it's normal chair, you know. <laughs> I was going to start, though, with this Algonquin myth about how the rabbit got its split lip but that would just be splitting hairs. Oh. Uh, See, this is what this is this is this is an example of what we're not going to do today. You can look at my notes. I'm, 
I could show you. Yeah, you this know what I should have said? We're getting it out of our system right now. I should have said the Fozzie to my Statler and Waldorf because I'm just going to keep heckling you from the balcony every time you make <laughs> these jokes today. We're not. They're <laughs> over. I mean, there's a couple more, but they they, they It's just, never over. It's never. It's like Zool. No end to this arc, only Zool. Yeah, same idea. There is no end. There is only puns. Yep. The story begins, though, with the legend of the Grail and a killer flying rabbit that lived in a cave strewn with bones of its victim somewhere in Scotland. Did it have big, pointy <laughs> teeth? Yes. No, we're not going to do that one today. Anyway, Some yeah. call me Tim. Tim. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. But we are going to start with a Watership Down quote, not yours. Uh, the gifts of LRR, trickery, great danger, and blessings for the Warren. So today, Jeremy, blessings for the Warren. Totally. Yep. May it be voodoo free. You know, so we'll go from there. They, you got to bless the Warrens before they go investigating, too. <laughs> We're going to bless the Warrens. The Amityville and, the Warren. and all that. Exactly. Way to go. Uh, but per wiki, uh, you know, we, we I'm not going to do the giant rabbits. We're just going to skip that. We, we do okay. have a we do have a Flemish giant rabbit. It's the biggest domesticated one. It's an Erectologus conoculius domesticus, a Flemish giant Historically, a utility breed used for their fur and meat. Darius is the current Guinness World Record holder at 49 pounds and over four, wow. or reaching four feet. In That's length. a big rabbit. I've it's, seen pictures of those. You've seen it, huge. but you've probably seen him because I think there's a woman probably, holding it up. Yeah, exactly. A woman holding up the rabbit yeah. that's like almost as big as her, basically. And back to the fossil record, though, I found this on NPR. It's called, the big one's called Neuralagus rex, king of the rabbits. These animals migrated from Europe about 3 million to 5 million years ago. They faced no competition from predators, had lots of food, and so over time they grew to weighing over 26 pounds. Six times bigger than the ordinary rabbit, or three times bigger than Darius. And... uh, but let's hit, we're going to start though with, mon, we're going to do some rabbit mythos, then we're going to get to the monsters, and then we're going to get to some theory. It's, it's okay. going to be good. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Tell us the story, Moz. Yes. So the mythos swings heavily trickster right away. No, no surprise there. You already mentioned it. Well, the rabbit's as much a trickster as the coyote yeah. in its way, right? Yep. And uh, but we'll, we'll start with the trickster stuff. We will move monster word though, so don't fret. But this from Pratt's Encyclopedia of Shamanism. I found that the Dagara tradition of Western Africa, the hyena, is a negative trickster, but spider and rabbit are the chaotic positive, or at least chaotic neutral tricksters out there. Usually hmm. they're positive tricksters. That's what we find with the rabbit. Uh, there's Jibba Yabuz, J-I-I-B-A-Y-A-A-B-O-O-Z, uh, Ojibwa, also known as Chippapus or Chippa Ub Uzo, meaning spirit rabbit or ghost rabbit, from Abenaki mythology. The Mataguas, uh, there's also some others in the area, the Chippapus and the Chippa Abba Uzu. Uh, but basically, so there's spirit rabbits and ghost rabbits uh, kind of wandering around out in the old mythologies of Native America. Many Wabanaki folktales depict hero tricksters like raccoon, rabbit, otter, and lox. A salmon trickster great on bagels, by the way. <laughs> but Back to C.G. Lelands, uh, the Algonquin legends, he mentions Locks, how Locks and Loki have that commonality we talked about uh, a little yeah, bit. Huh. But there's a whole master rabbit one in his section, too. There's this epic chase between the rabbit and the cat. It's a little Sylvester and Bugs kind of action going on. And basically, I'm just going to kind of go over it real quick, though. So that he feeds the cat all these endless illusions because he's already a shaman, the rabbit. 
So time and time again, he's just changing guys and kind of faking this thing out. And basically, we're seeing the first look at something that isn't a man rabbit, like not a boat so, but actually a rabbit in it's mythology. It's a full-on a rabbit. full-on rabbit of old legend. But you said it's more of a friendly, positive trickster in, in the Wabanaki, a lot of Native Americans and the, ha- the Great Hare, and not about Bozo's known as the Great Hare as well, but but he has, again, that otter component, the otter yek. So he's a hare, he's a rabbit man with a yek of an otter. We talked about that last time from the Midwayland Society. So it had a lot to do with healing, Yeah. Uh, but there's a trickster component, and uh, he's supposed to be the guy who came up with uh, hieroglyphs and, and a lot of invented fishing and oh, usually wow. trickstery stuff. But there's a shape-shifting component you might not know about him. So he literally taught the world to fish? Well, that's an old trickster. You know, yeah, a lot of them raven, same thing. There's a lot of old. That's cool. It's almost Promethean where there's always think message. They always teach the people how to, you know, hunt, how to fish. Teach how to them do, how to how stay to alive. They're yeah. the, the tricksters can catch things as well. So right. although, no, if you ever get a chance to read uh, Lewis Hyde's uh, Trickster Makes the World, great book. So the tricksters teach us the tricks we need to trick our food into the trap. Right. They're, tra- they're trap. They can create the trap, and they can bring it out of kind of a whole new door. So they're cool. the ones. Okay. They're the tesseract of the rabbit. Did of they the fold in on themselves? Community. They fold in on themselves. Rabbits are much bigger on the inside. Like Darius is monstrous on the inside. I believe that. Yeah. But basically, uh, Nanabotso is, you know, the proto-shaman we found in that other episode that was, you know, one of the first yeah that was that was the arctic uh part two of our christmas special in the arctic shapeshifters there you found the original guy pretty much yep and there's another rabbit tail that actually i found that involves the kiwa remember we talked about that it was this giant cannibal mm-hmm. monster that this person met well basically this it's another master rabbit tail but the chief squaw is now trying to get away from this kiwa this cannibal monster so he helps her escape basically and we, we were trying to figure out in the side trail if that was a Bigfoot, a giant, or a Wendigo, if you recall. You know, it's basically a, a squaw in the Sasquatch. Oh, right, story. right, right, yeah. But the rabbit creates all these false trails to delay the monster, and then they escape. Then they kind of pole vault over a mountaintop to get away from it, but when the Kiwa then on the next mountain finds the pole and goes, or tries to follow them up the pole, they tip the pole when the Kiwa's at the top and, and kill it. So basically they beat the Sasquatch at the end. Right. So, yeah. So fun fact, though. I forgot we jumped over this. This is how this happens. Nanabotso, there's one telltale when he is he is a man, and you know, the first Medawiwin medicine man, and started this whole society of healing. But as a shapeshifter, there's one telltale for Nanabotso that he actually, you can tell he is still... You know, like every creature that's a shapeshifter has one tell. Oh, yeah, the one dysmorphic sort of thing. Right. What What do you think Nanabotsos is? I thought I knew this, but I can't bring it to my brain. I don't, I don't think I mentioned it. His his ears never change, so he still has rabbit oh, ears even as a human. Ears. Yep. So he changes to a person, and he's still got the rabbit ears. What What good does that do him? Well, you know, back then he was just the great hair, and he was, and everybody knew him as... As, uh, oh, but you're okay. right, it's so, not. I guess he could wear a hat. He could wear a very large hat. <laughs> top hat, stick the ears up under a Stop top hat or something. Maybe that's how the bunny came out. Maybe that's the first magical trick 
originated from not a boat so wearing a big top oh hat. that's where pulling a rabbit out of the hat yeah. came from because yep. he take the hat off and yep. all of a sudden he There's was a, a rabbit, rabbit. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense see we were we're solving so many mysteries how do we do this like we stumble into these oh my god we just found the root of something yeah yeah it's not batman level but you know that's still pretty that's cool. so true i bet he wore a top hat and when he took it off he just turned into the rabbit and everybody go whoa how do you do that it's the original ma- magician pulling a rabbit out of out of his hat exactly but do you, do you think it's a coincidence we finished up all this otter discussion today before we, we come up with an otter man who's part otter part rabbit do you think i did that on purpose no because i came up really late with the concept of yes. this leap day special yeah this was totally disorganization and <laughs> it's it amazing happens. how well you found something just, to tie in that makes yeah, sense with it it's it's sad really but it the, the leapus on leap day special <laughs> ties right into the arc you've been on That's exactly great. Oh, we have one from Japan, uh, Rabbit Hero Mythos. Uh, this is from Wikiwand. The hair of Anaba legend emphasizes the benevolence of Onamuchi, who was later enshrined at the Izumu Tayasha. Japanese scholars have traditionally interpreted the struggles between the kind Onamuchi and his wrathful 80 brothers as a symbolic representation of civilization and barbarism in the emergent Japanese state. 80 brothers. That's right. Well, we got, we're going to get to... I guess they are rabbits, huh? We're going to get to 500 brothers when we get to the wow. tequila The tequila gods. Stay tuned. We're almost there. Oh, their uh, poor mother. Yeah. Their poor mother. No, this is good. You're gonna, you, I'm going to make you read this, and you're going to hate that part, but Boy. it's really worth it otherwise. Oh, that one with all those unpronounceable words. Yeah, I send it to you ready. Yeah. I practiced. I will do my best. Yep. But in northern Arizona... Northern Arizona. <laughs> in northern Russia, same thing. In northern Russia, we have the fertility goddess mythos connected to the rabbit, Kaltus Ekwa. In Ugrian mythology, Kaltus Ekwa was the mother of the hero, Mir Susnahum, and the wife of the god Numtorum, who defeated her in heaven. She was also a goddess of the moon, associated with the month April, and a birth-giving goddess. Uh, that from Wikiwand again. But Jeremy, we're going to get to the one that... This one's going to blow your mind just a little bit. Okay. I'm going to have you read it. It's my favorite from acearchive.org, and it's about bunny tequila gods. Tequila gods? I give you bunny tequila gods. Is that why you gave me tequila before we started? Well, I kind of always do, but again, just just synchronicities. I I said no to tequila once, and then you were like, you sure, tequila? Because you made a tour. And I was like, okay, You said, stay three fingers away from the microphone, so I I offered you a Rapposado. (laughs) It, that's it, it how made, that happened it made a lot of sense at the time it really did and somehow that talked me into drinking a tequila before we recorded oh really twisted your arm on that one it doesn't take too much twisting in the vibrant and colorful mythology of the Mexica people there exists a group of divine rabbits known as the Sensan Totochtin these playful creatures are said to number in the hundreds and are known to gather for raucous, wild parties that last long into the night. With names like Tepaztecatl, Texcatzanatl, Colhuatzincatl, Macuiltochtli, and Omectochtli, they are a lively and diverse group, each with their unique personalities and quirks. It is said that the Senzan Totochtin are the offspring of Patacatl and Mayahual, and they may be the brothers of the god Ixtlatan. With such divine lineage, it is no wonder that these rabbits are a force to be reckoned with. 
in the mythological world. They are known for their love of drinking, dancing, and revelry, and their parties are said to be the stuff of legend. Give you a quick break. That this sounds like me in college. Oh, this this is going to be <laughs> this is going to get really crazy. But Ixtilaton, uh, I X T L I L T O N. Just by the way, Ixt means shaman in Nahuatl, basically. Mm-hmm. So we'll come across. Actually, Ixt is also I think shaman in Tlingit, and I got to verify that because I'm just thinking out loud. We talked about something like that. Yeah, right? I'm gonna have to look that up. But Ixt has this shamanic component. Nahuatl is Aztec, but it also Nahual, which is you know uh, shape shifting shaman folks. Right. So it all kind of comes back, but. Uh, that was your break. Now you got to go back to terrible words again. And I think the hardest part's over. Let's let's go on. One can imagine the Senzan Totochtin gathered together under the light of the moon, the air thick with the scent of alcohol and the sound of music filling the night. These divine rabbits, with their quick and nimble movements, would be the life of the party. Their laughter and antics drawing in all those around them. But while the Senzan Totochtin are undoubtedly a fun-loving group, they are not to be underestimated. In Mexican mythology, they are also associated with the pulque, a fermented drink made from the agave plant. Ah, as the children of Petacatl, the god of pulque, it is said that the Senzan Tetuchtin hold a great deal of power over this intoxicating beverage. They are said to be able to control its effects on mortals, either bringing joy in revelry or causing chaos and madness. Put that in your next police report. It was not me, officer. It was these these Aztecian rabbits that made me do that that night. It was the rabbits. (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. They really are tequila gods. Yeah, there's four or 500 tequila gods birthed from this shaman creature. And uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm that's like all I drink as far as alcohol goes. I'll have an occasional beer, but it's pretty much all tequila. That's that's very interesting to know, Moz. Plucking one of those names out of there, Makolta Chitoltili, whatever the heck you said, because you did it better than me. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a toast. Yeah. Matulti pronounced. Oh, it even says how it's pronounced. We should use those. Mac will told. It doesn't help me. <laughs> it's not helping. <laughs> Means five rabbits from classical Nahuatl. Maculio, five, and Toctea rabbit is one of the five deities from Aztec and other central Mexican pre-Columbian mythological traditions who known collectively as the Awatateo. That's that whole group. Symbolize excess, overindulgence, and the attendant pun- punishment and consequences thereof. Not only one of the, that again from, uh, that was from Wikipedia. The first thing that you read was from acearchive.org. Sense on. Links in the show notes. Links in the show notes. So he's one of these 400 rabbits that we talked about. Now I've heard four or 500 depending on the Aztec myth because I read a few of these. Uh, depending on, you know, what Census Bureau arrived that day on the scene. You know, they breed like, I'm sure it changes. Like, like rabbits, yeah. yeah. It changes constantly. But basically birthed all of them this fermented agave is what they were basically the milk they suckled on from this goddess i wonder why they're so much fun yeah no it sounds like a great idea and a terrible idea like oh, all it's wrapped a great in one. idea <laughs> aztecs have a pack of rabbits collectively 
represent a similar place to Dionysus in the Greek pantheon, basically. Sounds very Dionysian, yes. The yep. dancing and the partying and the fire and the food and the fornications and everything that go along with it. That's yeah. very Dionysian. Yeah. And I, it's better in a way because they're the tequila gods. But it's rabbits, which yeah, just makes it even more fun. Rabbit tequila gods. And tequila, yeah, and tequila's instead of wine. That's that's a whole different level, man. That's a different kind of party. Yeah. Here comes Peter Cottonmouth. <laughs> <laughs> But do you want to bring your party up a notch? Just invite 500 Dionysian-type rabbit demigods. I would. Bring them to Bone Manor, the next barbecue. No matter what happens, I don't think Bone would be that mad at us. No, he would love that. I still can't find my children or my dog, but that was a great party, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of, that's not far off from what would happen. Oh, (laughs) boy. He'll just think of it as a schematic initiation. If they make it back, they, they'll, be they'll, okay. they'll be men. They'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be fine. Their bones is, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I'd worry about those tequila rabbits. Here's a mini monster roll call. We're going to shift from myth. I'd want to get a little flavor of the myth in there. I always like to. Uh, rabbit monsters were actually a little lean. I only had a few weeks to do this, and there aren't a ton of them. Most of them are more chimeric or only part rabbit today it's not okay. full blown okay. do you ever see the movie night of the lepus though Dude, we already figured out where pulling a rabbit out of the hat came from so that, yeah we've already we were accomplished we this can episode stop. is already a success in my mind we can stop now but no i want folks to stick around because we are actually going to break down but i was going to do uh bugs bunny later as trickster oh, and I, yeah i have a i have a special treat at the end uh, kind of like in the Maury Sendak-y kind of line. Well, not I don't want to say that. The Maury Sendak one was Well, you've done amazing. Where the Wild Things Are. You did yeah. the Witches of Oz. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there another? I feel oh, like yeah, there was Oh, yeah, Bass some... Rankin. We did the whole Christmas oh, Carol Oh, there stuff. you go. Yeah, the Christmas You, you blocked one. that out of your mind. And I, oh, I don't that, blame you. It's that tooth elf, dude. Yeah, it's scary. Freaks me you out. You should do one. You do true crime. Just bring. I do have our first true crime one coming up a little bit down the road. On I wanted Christmas to make sure show. I at least got one in, in the first season. We're not going to be big on true crime, but it, it's a monstrous, you know, it's another kind of monstrousness. So we're going to have to cover it. But I'm hoping to make our first one a kind of a whodunit on an old cold case kind of place. Nice. And are there rabbits involved? No. Then what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> I have no idea. What were we talking about? We're talking about I want, uh, the, the, the dentist. The elf oh, who wanted to be a dentist. See, see, I do block it out of my mind. I had already stopped thinking about it because every time it comes to my brain, my brain goes, ah, yeah. and, and turns around and thinks about something else. <laughs> well, let's start off the monstrous side of rabbits from the crypto great Brad Steiger. There is one curious and recurring detail in all these early werewolf tales. Nowadays, we would immediately classify these as shapeshifters. These werewolves were not only men turned into wolves, they also could change themselves into cats or rabbits, thus having a perfect camouflage when stalking a victim. Wow. This is the werewolf in sheep's clothing, basically. Well, this is the shaman with his yak overlapping with the werewolf myth. Yeah, I mean, or you just put it, yeah, because if you're wearing the garb, you have to have multiple yaks. Very good point. Right. If, if a, a shaman turned into all those things, it would, they would need one of each as their yaks, right? I, I believe so. Pretty much. I mean, or, my understanding of or it. Or if they're a skin walker, they would need the pelt of each to wear. Right. So, something along those lines, though. Yeah. I was just happy to find something that tied in werewolves and rabbits, to be honest. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, a rabbit could be a helpful animal to turn into. It's very innocuous, but it's fast. If they can start coming after you, you can usually get away. And but most of us want to talk more about werewolves, and, I guess. Is. Uh, werewolves are way more <laughs> cool, though, yeah. But let's start with the, uh, the ja- let's start proper like with the jackalope uh, and other horned rabbits, because there was a time when horned rabbits made both mythos and real bestiaries at the time. They made like medical journals and stuff as well. Uh, this from Wikiwand. Horn hares were described in medieval and early Renaissance texts both as real creatures and as farcical and mythological ones, such as Rabelius in his Gargantua and Pantagruel. The first mention of the Lepus cornutus, C-O-R-N-U-T-U-S, as cornutus. De- cornutus, as described as a real animal, comes from Conrad Gessner in his Historia Animalium, mentioning that they live in Saxony. And... In 1789, Tableau Encyclopedia Methodique was apparently the last major scientific work to include the Lepus cornutus as a real animal. By the late 18th and early 19th century, the idea of the horned hare as a real species was mostly rejected, although the 1817 Nouveau Dictionary de Histoire Naturale considers it a possibly a real creature. That's from Wikiwan. Well, I mean, it could just be another sample of you know another example of a creature that used to exist that died out i think they solved the jackalope we're going to get to it in sir richard scully muggle land okay i think we i think we have this one but this myth busted but you tell me because you're a big jackalope fan oh i got a question for you i might have asked Uh you this already Uh where is the only jackalope exists in in flagstaff oh it's over the bar at flag brew yeah did i ask you that already i believe we did that already (laughs) Okay, I'm just gonna say, but you know, that's the only the only jackalope I know of, and it's it's in. A I brewery. know we've we've had so many conversations <laughs> on and off, Mike. I, I, know. I forget what went where sometimes. That's always where we're at. Similar beasties, though horned ones. There's the El Mirage or El A L M I R A J, which is Arabic. It's a mythical creature resembling a one-horned hare or rabbit. Mentioned in medieval Arabic literature. One-horned, like a unicorn? Yes. The name appears in a version of the legend of Iskandar, which was with Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty, I believe. Terrible movie. That's Ishtar. Oh, okay. Not that anybody would want to watch it. No, don't. That's not in the show notes. Uh, But they are defeating the dragon of Dragon Island in the Indian Ocean. They obtain the animals a gift from the inhabitants. The creature is also said to cause all animals that set sight on it to flee. So it's a frightening one-horned rabbit, which sounds like the rabbit from Scotland and they're that the saying, pythons ran into. But they're saying they're in the Indian Ocean on the Dragon Island. Is that something with the Komodo dragons? Did these things exist along with the Komodo and that horn was a defense mechanism? Well, I mean, Indian Ocean, let's see. I mean, I guess not technically I the mean, Indian Ocean. We're not but that, I mean, how how many thousand, we're still a long way away from, from Komodo Island there. No. I, I would know. say we're still a long way away from that. But, okay. But the creature also appears that nameless is given other variant names or situated elsewhere depending on the text or manuscript source. That from good old-fashioned Wikipedia. I uh, have the Sigpin for you to read. This is your second reading, and it's not as painful as the first. The Sigbin is a demonic creature from Philippine Visayan folklore. It is said to be a companion animal to the Aswang vampire. Although descriptions of this demon vary because it has the ability to shapeshift, of course, 
It is usually said to be a dog-like creature with long black legs, similar to a rabbit or kangaroo, as having the body of a crow, but with grasshopper legs, or as a gigantic bat with sharp teeth and long floppy ears. That's crazy. A nocturnal demon, the Siegbean bites the shadow of its victim usually children, in the neck area to mystically drink their blood. Should a victim survive their attack, he must be treated with a special herbal rub. Siegbean also eat charcoal. These demons cause illness and can kill with their bite or by the smell of their flatulence. Gross. If it has large ears, it can clap them together like gigantic hands. Should its Aswang master have a child, the Siegbean will have an offspring itself for the Aswang child. Having the power to become invisible, the Siegbean is most visible during the last phases of the moon. However, applying the tears of a dog to your eyes will let you see a Siegbean for what it is. Although a Siegbean cannot be drowned, once it has been slain, it must be burned down to the very last hair, or its Aswang witch will be able to call it back to life. See, a lot of these themes... Wow, I have so many questions and connections from that. But one of the... Yeah, one of the themes that keeps coming up is if you don't destroy it completely, it comes back. You know, we found that with Akushtika. We found that with a, a lot of creatures that we cover. But this is seems very psychic vampire to me. This almost sounds like Alma Fielding's vampire, yeah, in a way, like right a in the shadow form, and stuff. Yeah, kind of a tulpicky created thing. But the Philippines are kind of a crazy, scary place, and we will definitely be going there soon enough. So I have a couple of episodes in store from that. Yeah, it's probably one of the creepiest little areas on the planet, potentially. So yeah. we're going to spend a little time in the darkest part of that island. <laughs> Hopefully. Sweet. But that was from Teresa Bain's Bestiary, by the way. Uh, so is the next one. The Wolpertinger. Wolpertinger. The Wolpertinger. The Wolpertinger. Well, I thought you were going to go with, what does it sound like? Wolpertinger. It sounds like another bold rock dasher thing that you hit me with, with that. <laughs> the slide, slide rock, rock bolter. bolter. The Wolp. I think a boulder dash. <laughs> Let's see, see the Freudian slip in there? The whoopee dinger. It does sound like a fearsome critter. It is not. It's, again, from Bavarian folklore. This, again, from Teresa Bain's Bestiary. The Wolpertinger is described as having bird feet, boar tusks, a coxcomb in the forehead, deer antlers, hawk wings, rabbit ears, rabbit hindquarters, and a rabbit squirrel or weasel-like body. So it's mostly rabbit. It's got a lot of rabbit in it. Yeah. Is believed, as close as I get today, guys, is believed <laughs> the saliva of this creature stimulates hair growth to cure impotence. Nectar is sipped through one of its shank bones, and then the person is to urinate across the current of a stream. That's weird. Don't cross the stream. No though. wonder why they're extinct now, though. I'm sure we hunted yeah. them if they make your make your manness work better. I, yeah. I was going to say that in a we much hunted, less friendly way for we a second. We hunted there. them. Before uh, C. Alice and Viagra, we, we hunted the Wolpertinger to extinction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's what I mean. Like now that I hear that, we're like we've almost killed the rhino because the torn does the same stuff. Yeah, you know, like good times. I honestly think some, not all, but some of these creatures we talk about in the paranormal realms. I really think some of them were real and they just have gone extinct because they were 
Ice or age variations kind of, creatures of them. or whatever. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, the, the Mapunguari, you know, the giant sloth piece is is compelling. Right. There's a lot of them that did it. If it's something that's ten or eleven thousand years old, did it, did some of them survive? That's not. That's not that long ago, uh, geographically. And, oh, not at I all. Mean, uh, Evolutionarily and yeah. geologically and yeah. all that. Yeah, it's not not really long ago at all. Here is a cool one. A French hobgoblin uses the rabbit uh-huh. as his favorite. <laughs> Wait, what? So a French hobgoblin? I just went, uh-huh. No? I, I, I mean, I do that for, Le, I did that for, <laughs> when you did the Lagrange point, I went, huh, 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 huh. That's why I did that because it's. I'm just easy. doing the French thing. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 yeah, that's different. No, no, see, see, see top is. Oh, 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 so my inflection was off. I gotta, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, and ZZ Top is down here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's fine. You got the time. But the thing is, you also have the ZZ Top beard, so you can't do the French thing until you shave. I totally, at least visibly, you know, by. Appearance being a ZZ Top cover band at this point, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. So I don't I think just you need can do the, the sunglasses French thing. and the hat. Yeah, but the front—that means the French thing is going to be tough for you. But that's okay. Oh, so. uh-huh, uh-huh. yep. So you have this reading, and this I is just, from. I'm lost. Oh, I'm reading. Yep. This is from Rosemary Ellen Guiley's Encyclopedia of Demons and Demonology. I found a rabbit in a grimoire, which is pretty exciting. Ooh. Yeah. Which is French, I, by the way. I was just killing hobgoblins at Bones House last night. It's French for Grimoire. Oh, I'm, Dungeons and Dragons line. Yeah, I'm a super nerd. Not that anyone didn't know that already. Yeah. The Luton. French name for a hobgoblin common in French folklore and fairy tales. The Luton is either male or female. A female is called a lutine. The Lutin is comparable to host spirits such as brownies and to elves, fairies, gnomes, imps, leprechauns, pixies, and sprites. Buggerers, thuggerers, thieves, bandits. And Methodists. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> Headley. <laughs> Harumph. The Luton has a trickster nature. It can choose to be invisible... In some tales, it becomes invisible by donning a red cap with two feathers. French immigrants to Quebec, Canada, spread Lutin lore there. The Lutins are fond of taking animal forms, especially pets, and common animals such as rabbits. And also especially white animals. Ooh, white rabbits. Rabbit, there you uh, go. The white rabbit. Lutins can control the weather and be either good or bad. Good Lutins will perform personal services, while bad Lutins will cause domestic upsets, misplace objects, and make messes. Salt spilled on the ground or floor will prevent Lutins from crossing it. Oh, salt. Are they like some kind of demon? Because isn't that yeah, what you from use a for demonology demons? book? Salt I don't know what the heck else it would be. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> rabbit a, demons. Rabbit, rabbit uh, demons that like to take ra- rabbit form. I guess they're calling them hobgoblins, but that's kind of demon adjacent, I guess. But we also find, you know, with the salt throwing, we find this thing that has to stop and count things everywhere. The rice or the salt or this. They have to count, stop and count the grains. Super OCD. It's a super OCD kind of thing. So, you know, like if it's on its paxel, you know, 
maybe you're, it's not going to stop. It's just going to eat you. Like if it took its meds, it's just going to, it's just going to eat you. <laughs> so don't give your hobgoblins Adderall yeah. is what you're saying. No, Adderall is for ADHD. Paxil or Prozac would probably be better for OCD. Ah. Just saying. Ah. But there's also another reason why Big Pharma is evil because they're going to give medication to psychic vampires who are going to give Prozac to our hobgoblins. Well, they're not going to stop the count. The, the rice and then they're going to eat you because normally that you, if you drop like 790 pieces of rice in front of many vampires across mm-hmm. global myth- mythos they have to stop and count that i came across wow. this a lot so they stop and they count it and you get away that's a weird trick if they're Good on their paxil they're not going to stop <laughs> and you're going to get it that's all i'm saying with that whole thing you brought it up i didn't but anyway we're medicating vampires now on yeah, Monster Lore It's not Tour. my idea. <laughs> it's big pharma is going to make money That's any way funny. they can. But uh, I'm, I'm, I found a new piece to put into my Bat Squatch episode today too. So thank uh, you for that. Oh, <laughs> are you going to say more than that? No, there's a Bat Squatch episode coming up in the not too distant future. Nice. That I'm, you know, doing my last tweaks on. No, you got to do it this way. In the not too distant future, la la la. I am an ape man. <laughs> No. No? MLT. I mean, MST. We're MLT. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we again, Moss? What show We're is this? Von Where Neumann. are we? This is not my beautiful podcast. <laughs> Letting the days go by. This is not my beautiful mic. <laughs> well, best defense, by the way. We're switching to best defense. Don't let rabbits fool you. Here's a theory for you. The reason we don't have many r- monster rabbits is no one who sees them lives to tell the tale. Oh, that's a good reason. That's what happened to one of the occupying armies in Watership Down, and we're going to find out about that in a minute. So for me, the best defense against killer bunnies would be Chuck Norris. If you just always have him around, whenever you're out and about in the wilds, rabbits will just hop away, be very docile creatures. I mean, isn't he the best defense against anything, though? I was going to say Except that. maybe Chuck Norris. <laughs> If you had, well, Mecca Chuck Norris. Mecca Chuck, yeah. (laughs) No, I was going to say that. I was going to say, like, we did, like, I wanted to introduce this as a new best defense, is who would you bring to fight the creature, like, as part of the best defense? Ah. Because we did, like, the Kushtika, and you're like, well, you can have dog urine, or you could have Chuck Norris. And I'm thinking, I I want dog urine and Chuck Norris. Right. So, but then you're right. Like, it would be episode 782, (laughs) the Wolf Tangler. Whole episode in the Wolf Tangler. Well, I'd bring Chuck Norris. <laughs> it's gonna get it's gonna get stale. The ultimate defense. <laughs> well, it's gonna get stale. But I want. I think we should. You can only use a, a person once, and then we can move past. Chuck We've Norris. just used Chuck Norris. You just used our Chuck Norris on <laughs> rabbits, Moz. <laughs> our one Chuck Norris. You used it on I rabbits. Used, really? Oh, now that I know what we're playing, that was we're a gonna do like idea. zombies and stuff <laughs> in the future, like rabbits. Oh, I want to hang out with these guys and drink their tequila. Like wow. I'm not scared of these guys. All right. Okay, I, I messed up, but you know what are you going to do? Well, too late now. Yep. Hey, I do. Because it's not like I'm editing this later or anything. <laughs> uh, well, let's switch Anywho. gears to Kathleen Bragdon. I found this thesis, uh, the shamanic, shamanistic text in southern New England, and I found a petroglyph that I'd like to show you. I'm gonna in southern a, New England? Yes, and I wanted My to just home, show you because it had a rabbit ground. in it. I was, we're going to be doing the Bridgewater Triangle coming up, truth be told. So it, this is the petroglyph, and it's from Salon, Maine, and Kathleen oh. Bray. And what do you see in the middle? There's an image right in the middle of the picture. It's the biggest one in the middle. Yeah, it looks like 
Honestly, the the image I'm getting out of that is the one animal that looks alive in that picture is the rabbit standing in the mouth of the cave overlooking all the dead bodies of all the other animals is what that looks like. I think we found the last words of Olfen Bedware of Rigget carved into the living rock. (laughs) 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 Why? What did you? That's not a cave entrance. Look at the bones. Look at the bones. Yeah, it's a snake. It's a rabbit standing on a snake. Oh, it's standing on a snake. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was standing on like a cliff or we something. We almost solved the python like mystery though. We were so close. Is that right? That looks like the rabbit's now overlooking a bunch that. of dead animals. Is what it looks like to me. Well, I mean, the cave's this way. I'm going to have to hold. While you guys are not there, I'm going to hold what the, <laughs> this is the actual. This oh, is, I was looking. Oh, it was sideways the whole time. <laughs> We just killed all the animals because it's sideways. No, it's turn that sideways and let me look at it again. Just stand your computer up. I'm sorry, everybody. This is silly. <laughs> this this podcast is getting far too silly. Far too silly. <laughs> oh, so now it's oh yeah, I see it. It's holding the snake. I think but it, all the animals are running around and everything. Yeah, I see it. Okay. But basically, the way I see it, and I, I'd love to tie back in. So the rabbit's holding the serpent while the herd runs by. What, is, what does that mean? I just think it's a rabbit standing on a snake, making the snake its yak. Like yeah. We've got yeah. a, a, you know, that, that's, that's the image that I get. If it could yak an otter, it can yak a snake, right? <laughs> what the yak? Just don't tell Bone because it's going mean, to It sounds him. like a joke when I say these words, but that was a real statement. Yeah, well, hair is a major <laughs> trickster. It looks like a rabbit standing on a snake. And what the, that piece it of does, it is, it does. you know, I, more to come probably. And that, that is very rabbit. Like that rabbit yeah, is that's very, very distinctly clear. rabbit. It's a petroglyph. It looks like a rabbit standing on a snake. And it kind of, like it's a prominent thing in there. Like it almost looks like it's in charge somehow still. Yes. E- even once I looked at it the, in the right angle. That's it why still the rabbit like is really charge. the werewolf and he's just fooling you. He's yeah. stalking you. He's pretending to be prey is what Steiger was getting The wolf at. in rabbit's clothing. Right. Yep. Back to that. See, it, it told you it was a sheep, but it's really a rabbit. That's part of its trick. I'm, I'm just saying we don't, we underestimate. It's why I brought Chuck Norris. I'm ahead of this. I know that the... You're I'm going to bring sheep. Do you remember when... Uh, oh, wait, that didn't make sense. What was the... When Men in Black, you know, where, where uh, Will Smith is, shoots the little girl holding the books. Oh, it's yeah, It's the yeah, same yeah. idea. It's like, I the, don't, don't just overlook the rabbit. is probably the nastiest one out yeah. there. We just don't know the depths of the depravity of the common hair today. Yeah, and so tricky, we don't even think about its being there. Yeah. That's a great trick on a trickster's part, is to make you forget they're even there. I So I Chuck Norris you. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris never forgets. <laughs> That's right. It's true. Before we move on to this, the last thing we're going to do today is a, is a Bugs Bunny trickster shaman thing, which I think is an important thesis that I want to share with the, with the MLT community. Before we get there, I do want to talk a little bit about Watership Down, which you had to down me at the beginning with that. See, we like to go in circles here. Yeah, but it, but first first of all, I read this when I was 11, you know, and, and it, was, it, was, it was nice to find out that that was, uh, like I said, a, a trickster book. Like, it actually... It's like a chicken or the egg thing. Did I become a trickster because I read this book? Right. Or, or was I bound to read this book at some point and become a trickster? I, I have no idea. But I don't know how long Richard Adams had to live in a rabbit warren to learn the oral tradition of these rabbits, 
But that's why Richard <laughs> Adams is today's Mad Cujo's winner. Oh, another Mad Cujo's. Ah, and congratulations to the author of Watership Down. I'm sure he's waiting for that award for ever. Well, actually, it's Rabid Cujo's. Can we make Rabid it? Cujo's. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually worse or better somehow. I don't know. <laughs> mad Rabbit Cujo's. Sounds redundant, actually. <laughs> mad implies well, the, rabbit. The, the mad is the rabbit yeah. part, I think. Yeah, because yeah. that's the whole thing with Cujo is he had rabies. Yep. That's the whole thing. Yep, yep, yep. Spoiler alert, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, the book's from the 70s or something, so yeah. too late. Too late. So in Watership Down, Il Arara is the mythical trickster rabbit. Adams equates him to the Robin Hood of rabbits who, quote, Odysseus himself might have borrowed a trick or two from that rabbit hero, for he is very old and was never at a loss for a trick to deceive his enemies. In preparing for these episodes, I keep finding Monster Shaman's tricksters. Even when I'm trying to get away from them, you gave me this nice little story about rabbits. I read Watership Down totally innocently, and it's a story about the same stuff we've been talking about. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, and I'm sorry. But he did teach all these rabbits how to is think... It- outside of the hutch a little bit uh, an angle i mean we come up with theories on this all the time as to why that keeps happening but maybe it's just that you know the whole shamanic journey thing permeates it, it's just reality. a good way to tell a story well we you know talked it's about a great structure for for a, an adventure story you like you just follow that arc of of what the shaman goes through in their path and you just apply it to whatever story you're telling you're going to come up with a good story right it's a variation of the hero's journey. So we, we hero's have, journey. There you, know, you go. We, yeah. we have a lot of that stuff, but the themes which we're going to get into are very specific to trickster and shapeshifter. So it's uh, more okay. than just an adventure. It's much more specific to the thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we have the Black Rabbit of Inly myth, which is in the book. Uh, it's another. It's a personification of death, and uh, means the moon Inly, by the way. So. And, he, and the trickster rabbit has to go to the black rabbit to kind of implore him to like save his people because you know Il Harar's if he's finally cornered and his warren is being attacked by these outside forces. So what does the black rabbit eventually do? First of all, he gets back from the underworld. Uh, he's able, you know, so he has this underworld journey to the to death basically, and then eventually the black rabbit kind of agrees to grant this request. He puts these red eye knot rabbits. All around the Warren, that's what they are, red-eyed not rabbits. He didn't call them red-eyed oh, not rabbits, but there's these dark red-eyed rabbits all around the Warren, scares off the occupying army, and none of those rabbits were ever heard from or seen again. Not the not the dark ones, I th- I, what I think he meant is we never saw anybody wow, from I'm that I'm remembering again. that scene <laughs> yeah. now that you're saying that, yeah. yeah. So does that make oh, it? Oh, wow. Does it's it, like he summoned some demon familiars or something. So I got a question for you on that note. Is that a fission monster? F-I-S-S-I-O-N, like we talked about fusion of fission. Is that a fission monster? No, that would be splitting hairs. It's my other prepared joke today, folks. Oh, no. You prepared that? (laughs) Fission. It's splitting hairs. Oh, I like your ad-libbing better. Yeah, but come on, fission. You got to do the crickets. I prefer the crickets. I'll do crickets, right? And then Say we, crickets. Well, wait, no, because you already you booed me. You can't do crickets and boo me. I'll edit out the boo and then I'll put in the crickets. Acceptable. All right. So we I, also I didn't edit out the boo. Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> so then we also have Fiverr, 
and he is an intuit, not an Inuit. Now, Inuit is an Inuit shaman. This Intuit. is a, this Inuit. Is an Intuit He's fiber. an intuitive Inuit. No, he's not. He's an Intuit rabbit shaman okay. who just knows when things are about to go horribly wrong. He has the power of prophecy. Yeah. He's actually the one who tells everybody to leave, that the Warren is doomed. We have to go on this great adventure. Oh, and he has the dreams about he it. Dreams stuff. about yeah. what's going on. He's, he knows. Liter- he's literally reading the signs. Yeah, having dreams. Yep. Yes. In the final battle under the very shadow of Mount Doom, he doesn't go all berserker. He falls into this trance, this Tharn state, stupefied. He slips into altered states, brings back valuable information to his community. Uh, and, he, and the Tharn thing is like the Kushtika thing, the confuse and confound. It's this other piece of it. Wow, I'm going to have to read this again. But the enemy troops actually find Fiverr during the final battle sequence, kind of passed out, and they think he's dead while he's having this this altered state. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, I remember he goes all kind of comatose. Before he logy. goes into the altered state, tell me this is not a shaman. This is what happens. Suddenly a terrible sound broke from Fiverr, a sound at which every rabbit in the warren leaped with dreadful fear. That, that was Richard Adams making that joke. I didn't, didn't do the that. The leap day joke yeah. for us. Yeah, good job. Leaped with dreadful fear. A sound that no rabbit had ever made, that no rabbit had the power to make. It was Ooh. deep and utterly unnatural. He's transforming. Yeah. He, went, he slipped in his altered states. He's had, we're going to talk more about this with the Bridgewater Triangle, too, by the way, with the shamanic guttural sounds that are made. Wow. Uh, on the last page, we meet Thrier, Fiverr's kid, who has the same gift of prophecy. And that's the last couple of paragraphs of the books, which means it's an important component. Right, the, the next book. generation there, it, the the next shaman is coming up to protect the people. Yeah. And like every other episode, they have this Ill-R-R-A story of this mythic rabbit trickster, and that inspires them to think outside the box and become friends with wow. birds and get bird as their yek basically to kind of and they actually befriend mice and birds and do all these cool things as rabbits great book if you haven't read it i hadn't read it in you know a long time long time many 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 decades (laughs) like more than i care yeah is old you bastard there but i was saving this monster trickster complex bugs bunny thing and this is the last thing we're gonna do today but I, i just i've had to flip a coin to see what I was going to do it today, and I, I lost, and then I just I'm going to do it anyway because I'm a trickster. Nice. So yeah, well I'm not, I'm just I I couldn't resist. You're so trickster, you pull tricks on yeah, yourself. Exactly. But I am working on a monster trickster complex. This is kind of a teaser for it. I'm not going to go over too much of the nuts and bolts, but I did send you along with the three readings. You have this thing that I'm about to go over. And this is part oh, of that quiz thing at the end. I asked him to study this. He said it when he got here. I didn't even read I it. I played Never D&D at Bones, it. and I'm really late. And where's the, where's the tequila? <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's how today went. And how is that different from any other recording <laughs> not, not session? Not at all. Not at all. You know, you only had like twelve breaks today before we started. So I only took like two no, breaks you did. today. Actually, it was pretty amazing. We got a quick start we once quick I was start. here. Yeah. I was half an hour late to begin with, though. So I guess it kind of balances out. It's all good. It is all good. But I always am trying to shovel this stuff into things I can understand. And for the whole shamanic thing I keep reading, you know, I like to, like, give examples, real-life examples, and put it into buckets. The five buckets I came up with for, we're going to use rabbits today for, if you just have a bunny, a natural bunny, a preternatural bunny, which is a little bit more of a bunny of power, more shamanic. Then you have a proto-preternatural bunny, like, you know, Nana Bozo would be, 
Okay. Where you have the proto-shaman kind of thing. And he's actually a bunny too. I use him as an example, but he's actually a bunny man. <laughs> but I don't use it in this one. It's actually just another strange coinky-dink. Okay. And then there's the supernatural, which is more the totem and the yak piece of it. Yeah. And those are hard to actually decide where they're at because they're kind of the animal totem. Are they? I mean, it sounds like the proto-preternatural might be more powerful, but they need even the proto preternatural even the proto-shaman needs his yak. So I put su- supernatural as the next more powerful. And then the final powerful, the supernatural, more of the deities, the gods, the real spirit. Supernatural. Supernatural. So again, just really quickly, not to confuse you. Super, then Natural supra. bunny, preternatural, shaman bunny, proto-preternatural, shaman bunny. Supernatural, which is the bunny's y- totem animal. And then the supernatural was the bunny god kind of thing. Supranatural. Those are the buckets we tend to see things fall into. Okay. So I so came what's up with in some, these buckets then. Well, I, I try to come up with some examples bunny wise, and for natural, I came up with rabbit from Winnie the Pooh. He's, he was an animated stuffed animal. He's just a rabbit. <laughs> he's, he's an animated stuffed animal, though. But he's the Richard Dawkins <laughs> of the Hundred Acre Scully Muggle Wood. I mean, he doesn't do anything. You're just saying personality-wise. He's just a rabbit. I gotcha. He's just, just a, rabbit a rabbit being a rabbit. He's a rabbit being a rabbit. That's why he, his name is rabbit. rabbit. Exactly. It's not even an interesting name. He literally just is what he is. That's all that he is. He's a Scully ra- Muggle Rabbit, basically. Okay. Preternatural is the more shamanic rabbit. Do you have one in mind? Because we just talked about a shamanic rabbit. The the guy in Watership Down. Fiber. Fiber. Correct. So he's a yeoman shaman. Doesn't do anything amazing. Does some great stuff. He's just your he's he's your basic shaman rabbit, I would yeah, say. Yeah. Has has a bit of a hard time. I mean he didn't do like a Gandalf where he's shooting off this fiery thing from his staff and the ring well, rates no, were all scattering. It wasn't that amazing, but he did a lot of great stuff in that it book. It was really more like watching him learn how to use his power yeah, he's in that book is what it really was. Because he, he was figuring it out as he went. He didn't really have anyone to teach him. He just started realizing he had this power and he started trying to figure out how to use it. But he shared the pertinent information with his community. Correct. He was very was, helpful. It right. became the, the most important figure. Even though, he was, again, he's the smallest, he's the hobby rabbit but he had knowledge and knowledge is power knowledge right real power comes from knowledge yes then we have the proto preternatural rabbit and we mentioned one today l l hurrah i mean if you're talking about religion i mean you can argue the easter bunny for christianity or brer rabbit has maybe a place in this so this is like the original preternatural that like correct the the granddaddy of the preternatural so like uh you know, if we're talking vampires, it would be, you know, the queen of the damned and her husband there would be the proto-vampire. This right. is the proto-shaman. Right. So I think for Watership Down, you're talking about El Arahara, this mythical rabbit who's the proto-rabbit trickster. Right, the the first one. Yeah, and he goes, he, do, he makes the traditional journey to the underworld and talks to death, and he does all these things to trick, you know, the gods and tricks all the rabbits, and he's kind of the main dude. I think he is the Prometheusian kind of rabbit of in this Of the rabbit lore. god kind of thing, yeah. And then supernatural, do you have any ideas for a supernatural rabbit? Supernatural rabbit. I struggled with this, and I actually, uh, I actually had to look it up. 
<laughs> this one I didn't. I couldn't come up with anything, and I actually had to use Super, the jugal. I'm trying to think supernatural rabbit. Well, not super. Yeah, it's like a yak, a totem. Oh, you know what I just thought of is Danny, uh, um, Donnie Darko, with the guy in the bunny suit. That's kind of like the ghost that's following him around, and yeah. I don't know if I can give that movie away. I'm still not even really sure what it's about. I've watched it like three times. I mean, I kind of know what's going on, but it's one of those movies. It's a good movie. But there's definitely a shamanic, weird, spectery rabbit being going on. He is on a man that. standing with uh, in a bunny suit. It's, it's a man in a bunny suit. Because he died on Halloween. But it's like he's now that and way now forever. He's because spirit, yeah, he's his spirit, spirit is, still wears the bunny suit. Right. Right. That's very skin- Walker E to me. Wow, you Donnie Darkoed me. I like it. Yeah, well done, sir. Yeah. That's that's it's good. But what what did you come up with for the supernatural? I'm not sure mine really. Well, fit I am the annoyed right that here, you know there's like an '80s movie that I didn't think of, so it's kind of frustrating. <laughs> but but Pretty it sure is Donnie good. Darko that was, was the like, '90s. Uh, was it '90? Yeah, it was. It was directed sure it was by uh, what's her name? Oh, Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. My supernatural bunny. I had to resort to the jugal. I have to be honest. No, that's what it's there for. I got access to information. It's good. I came up with a video. Why I didn't come up with it? It's a video game person, Mizuchi, M oh. I Z U C H I, companion to the main character in the video game, Muramasa, the Demon Blade. Ooh. It's a mythical rabbit spirit who offers guidance and support to the main character in this game, and that's why I was lost. Because so it's he's a, a yak. He's a yak. It's That's a what I was trying to get it's at. It's a rabbit a yak. Because the Donnie Darko thing's interesting. Well, it's a but I don't know if it's a it's a video game rabbit yak. So it's a tech yak. Very good. That is yeah. a tech yak. It's another tech ver yak. another version of a tech yak. Well done, sir. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, yak is also synonymous with totem. It's the one we go with. So when we make yak right. jokes, yak, yak someday is you'll understand them. Basically synonymous with animal familiar. I think is a way a lot of familiar, Americans will think about yeah, it. Yeah, we should do familiar totem yak. Exactly. And then supernatural is the godlike being, the demigod or the mm. gods or the truly spirit beyond even totem. Rabbit with the capital R, as you would say. Very Plato of you, yes. What would you is there any that come to mind for that? I don't I don't know if you're gonna come up with one I I know somebody some of those Eastern religions gotta have a rabbit in there somewhere. they got the year of the rabbit on the Chinese calendar. I gotta think of that the Hindu, I mean, they got all kinds of stuff in there. It's got to be a rabbit, but I, I can't think of any specifically. Out well, of my we brain. just did the Japan one with the rabbit of Inaba might be a good one, and kind oh, yeah, of a okay. founding rabbit of, of that. But I, I really thought I just was going to stick with rabbit rabbit ship down. <laughs> Where, where's the? I, I have some questions about where different rabbits fit into this. Okay, actually, like where does the Easter bunny? Well, I, I said, like, I, I mentioned it only... Because that could be supernatural. That's basically a, for, a god of fertility, the Easter Bunny. Yeah. If you really trace it back and what it really means, that's like the god of fertility, right? Well, I, I think I mentioned it, and again, we do jump around, but and we do cut each other off, and this is why we never get... <laughs> and I never really actually listen to you is the problem. No, that's that's wise. That's, <laughs> you, that's the smartest thing you've said today. But you're right. It could be the super. It could be the super. You're right. Actually, you're right. It could mm. totally be the supernatural. Yeah, because I but, see that more as a god pantheon kind of thing. No, I think you're right. I I, I stand corrected on there that. There you go. Yeah. And but where, there's and, a lot of overlap. Just so you know, there's a lot of op overlap. Not with natural and preternatural, because that's our our us and our shamans. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of overlap with the proto preternatural, the proto shaman, the supernatural, the yak, 
and the supernatural, which is the God. They all seem to be doing the same kind of things. You come across them all the time as the Promethean messenger, the, the bridge between the sky gods and people. Now, shamans do that as well, but they're usually the first, but they're usually the ones who create the bridge. So they are the guardians oh, right, of the right. bridge, you know. And uh, if you get the wrong color, you get thrown into the gorge of eternal peril and stuff. Some like of that. them know how to use existing connections. Some of them know how to make new connections. And, yeah, they're yeah, the first one. Gotcha. They they forge the road is the is the proto preternatural, and the supernatural. They still couldn't do it without their yak. Usually, they still can't do it without right. the familiar. Even the even the ones who seem like the Prometheans have that yak. Usually, that they couldn't do without. Right. But you're right. It's, Easter so, Bunny supernatural. So where does Bugs Bunny fall on that? Is he the proto preternatural? Uh, that's the whole thing. He's kind of the first of his kind, right? I, well, this is actually your question. So since you're jumping ahead, oh, am I jumping ahead on no, you? No, no, it's perfect. This is actually where we're at. Oh, perfect. Um, you is have to tell me right? where Bugs Bunny fits in this. Oh, and you have to defend your answer. Okay. I should so. have actually told you, not just sent you the thing. Should, should have said where does Bug? I. I we're going to get no, it's okay. better at this. Um, obviously, he's not natural because, you know. No, he's not <laughs> rabbit with a little R. And I think he's beyond preternatural. I I was just going to say, does he fit into the proto-preternatural because he's kind of the trickster demigod type figure, isn't he? I'm not going to argue. Super I, trickster. So this is what demigod. I wrote. Here's my note. My note says there's no wrong answer here except the category you pick. <laughs> Nice. Well, the last three really do overlap. I pick them all. <laughs> oh. oh. Is this like the Iacane powder thing? It's like when Faust tells the Satan to get lost. Yeah. Or the Iacane powder thing. I like that one. But go ahead. But you have to pick, and I'm not going to. You have to defend I'm, your answer. I'm putting bugs into the trickster demigod, which would be the proto preternatural, because mm-hmm. he is the first of his kind, mm-hmm. being that cartoon trickster rabbit, but he's. He has that kind of uh, transformative. He's he's kind of half person, half rabbit. He talks. He stands up. He, mm-hmm. He's he's a person, but he's a rabbit at the same time. And he's definitely the trickster god because you can't catch him, and he will just mess with you endlessly as long as you try. Just ask Elmer. Yeah. No good. You I'm, know, or Daffy. I'm 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 not going to argue with you. I think he definitely. I like it when, I like it when he takes it out on Daffy. I kind of feel bad for Elmer sometimes. Like he gets, you know, the guy's just trying to eat. I have a different answer. Okay. And this is my thesis, and you Ooh, are okay. absolutely not wrong. Okay. Except. Except I am. No, I just I am going <laughs> to go. I am going to go. You know, this is why I put the. I Freudian slipped the Easter Bunny into a lower level because I'm like, yeah, the Easter uh. Bunny. I think he is supernatural. He is a god among Bugs Bunny, and this is my argument. And okay. I know this is not what mo- most people would pick, but that's what I, why I had to like make He's this like fit. full on god. Status. He's a god, yeah, basic, basically. Dude. So here's my thesis. First note to myself is anything Jeremy says is self evident. So yes, what you said is correct. Nice. Well, well done. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> and self evident. So it was kind of a backhanded compliment. I have to explain. It's the only kind I ever get. Sometimes, but even though he's a bunny rabbit, he doesn't seem like anyone's yek to me. So I don't. I he cannot out. be yek. No. And you, you said that. So credit to you. He's also 
gender neutral like our trans variant shamans, often appearing oh, as yeah. a woman. He to ar later arouse Dana Carvey in Wayne's World years later. I discovered this whole thesis by watching a Bugs Bunny episode. You know, when I'm not watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> or <laughs> X-Files, or, or Supernatural. Yeah, or Grimm. I got into that later. Or Grimm. We're going to do some Grimm work later. But Bugs Bunny Gets the Boyd is an episode that it's, it's a shamanic initiation. And this, again, is just to get them to the shaman level to kind of prove it. But there's a buzzard chasing him, which is a symbolic image of death. He ends up hiding underground, but when he pops his head up, he's actually, there's a rib cage that was already there, but he thinks it's his. So he's down to the bone. Oh, it's actually yeah, an image. I know that episode. He, yeah, so he actually is plucking like his rib cage or whatever, and he thinks it's his own. He, he puts thinks on he's the corpse dead. of another animal. Yes. See, but it's actually the stripping down to the bone of that. Oh, right, shoulder. when they run to your flesh to remake you. Right. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. So then he actually comes out of this as the shamanic rebirth. And then, there's a, is it a coincidence that two episodes later, I wish it was the next one, and I don't know why this happened, and you know, we, I don't, we'll, we'll probably, it's probably lost to the fog of time, but two episodes later, he comes back as Super Rabbit, the Rabbit of Tomorrow, a superhero. Ooh. He finally reaches that kind of superhero, flying, you know, saving the world, kind of Superman kind of. Very Gandalf. Yeah. Very Gandalf. Yes. Yeah. Or, or more importantly, Yukon Cornelius when he falls in with the bumble and returns his Yukon to gold. No, right. 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 <laughs> he's, he's, Jeremy's told me not to talk about that I, anymore. I don't want to hear don't about <laughs> that, man. It makes me think about the teeth. He goes right to the dentist and he's upset, you know. But basically, uh, you know, he rose out of this whole thing. And I then saw Wabbit who came to supper. And he starts singing. It's pronounced Wabbit who came to supper. The Wabbit who came to supper. And he sings Angel in Disguise to Elmer Fudd while he's like clean, you know, while he's in the shower. And I think that's just a tell. I'm an angel mm. in disguise. He has superpowers. He bends Elmer Fudd's shotgun like a pretzel defying laws of physics. Very matrixy. Yeah, Neo in the Matrix kind of stuff. It, it gets more Matrixy because there's one that he actually steps out into the into this other dimension where he's actually the animator. That's where he breaks space time and when goes he breaks up to the fourth yeah, dimension. Yeah, duck amok. He's he, actually defies all boundaries and becomes the animator. He just entered the Tesseract is what he did. Yeah, he stepped into the bigger area, becomes yeah. the true trickster. And just breaks out the whole new door, as he, the Joker He says. stepped into the zero space that is actually infinite. Yeah. Ooh. I, yeah. See, now we really have to do that side trail again. Yeah, we have to now get Bugs Bunny into that Tesseract somehow. But there's also the shape-shifting episode, Transylvania 65000. Oh, I love that movie. He uses... Well, no, no, this is... It is... It is. I don't know what the actual name of that episode is. Transylvania 65000 was Ed oh, Begley Jr. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, whatever Jeff the name Goldblum. of that one is. And Jeff Goldblum. Gina yeah. Davis. And Gina Davis. Very good. Yeah. Kramer. Oh, oh, tops. It's, right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. It was, wow. Not, not a great movie, but it's a very good. It's funny. It was in 1980-whatever. It was great. Yeah. It's not great anymore, but then it was great. It was fun. It was a fun movie. But in this Bugs Bunny episode, uh, Kramer and Bugs Bunny are wrestling. No. That's, you see what you do to me? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but this is the one where the guy turns into the, he goes abracapocus and he messes up all the oh, thing. Yeah, he turns the yeah. guy into like a half bat, half bat. The, the half inept man, vampire. Half, yes, the inept vampire. He not only does these spells that shape shifts this other person, he at the end of that then flies away like in shamanic journey fashion mm. to bring knowledge back to the Warren. Yeah. yeah. So it's the He's shaman the battling the vampire. He's Ilharahara plus the argument that I'm trying to make. So really. Bugs Bunny is the ultimate rabbit god. He's the ultimate rabbit god. I, I can agree with that thesis. I'm behind it all the way. I have one more point to okay. make. And this, this drives it home for me. This is actually when I thought, oh my gosh, I really need a day job. You remember Fricker Fracker Firecracker, Shish Boom Ba, Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny, Ra Ra Ra. In okay. that short phrase is a coincidence that there's a fire reference, Fire in the Head, the Cowan book, the boom of thunder and drums, and the word Ra, R A H, usually spelled like the same from Watership Down for the oh Chief boy. Rabbit, Hazel Ra. Hazel Ra. Exactly. Like Il Amun Ra. Ra. Amun Ra. Amun Ra. Yeah, it's yeah, very Egyptianist yeah. too. But basically, he it's three times. So he's thrice great. It's not just Ra. Which has Wiccan implications also, that whole Trinity thing. He's a familiar. It's thrice. I think that he is supernatural. He's a Looney Tune demigod. I rest my case. Well done, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Court, court adjourned. <laughs> Verdict has been handed down. Bugs Bunny is the ultimate rabbit god. If you'd given me like, well, you only gave me three weeks to do this episode. If you gave me one more week, I would have had us building pyramids and to Bugs Bunny's image. You know? <laughs> Human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. I'm getting a tattoo. But there is a raw for the whole Egyptian god thing too, and I'll have to come back with that. Maybe we could do like Egyptian Tune of the Dead thing. He actually... There's an episode where he's a jinn too, where he plays the genie. Oh, I miss. There's that. a whole yeah. I mean, you could go on forever about Bugs Bunny and different forms he takes and the different powers he wields. And yeah, so you're right, dude. He can take like any any mythical form he wants if you really go through the whole thing. There's more to come on. We are not done with this. I like how you groaned the whole time behind me. Right, that's that was very. Very, well, uh, when you ambient, I'm I'm both excited that you come up with things that really add to the conversation, and both sad that I didn't come up with it myself. It's no. an ego thing. My ego yeah. shows sometimes, you know. Yeah, because it's very large, and like when you come in the room, you actually have to like squeeze over to the couch because it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> I have to like squeeze in the yeah, corner. Yeah, Maz's ego, man. I gotta just crawl around that's, the shit. That's why our titles here is I'm the producer and you're the talent. Whoa! I don't know you today. You did. You did. You know, above par. I just make you look good. That's my job. That is impossible. That's why I'm a good producer. Wow! <laughs> there you go. Which is a seamless transition, by the way. This whole thing to the Alhu Guano file. Alhu Guano theory of the week. Oh no! Here it comes. Quick to the batshit signal. <laughs> We're going to just wrap this up real quick. I don't have a lot on this, but Kamazots is our resident Aztec uh -huh. Batman. What if he vomited or shot out those 500 agave rabbits after drinking way too much tequila one night? That's literally a batshit theory. 
Wow. Same area. Wow. They're both are all Aztec. Total exactly batshit theory. I think. And I've drank enough tequila to know what can come out of you the next day. So that kind of makes sense. And if you uh, read any trickster tales, it's always a lot about poop. So I'm just bringing it so all home. the rabbit bear, gods bear, bear. of tequila yeah. were pooped out by the giant bat god Kamazots. Yes. Because he needed somebody to party with and make his booze. Correct. I can dig it. He probably he, he must yeah. have eaten a bunch of agave and then made them. Who is the yek? Inside himself. Who is the yek then if you shout out a yek? I don't know. What do you mean, who's the yak? The rabbits would be the yaks, right? Yes. Because he created them. He created Out them. of his own body. But he's a bat, and they are, but he's a bat man, and You're they're right. just rabbits. Right. We'll cover that more in the Bat yeah. Squatch episode coming up. Oh, for sure. I also believe 500 rabbits who represent the kill gods must be a manifestation of the collective unconscious while collectively unconscious. So it's kind of an unconscious, unconscious thing. It's like an exponential collective unconscious squared. It's like Inception. They're a dream inside a dream inside a dream. It's depth, depth psychology. Yeah. That feeds more into that yeah. whole hypercubist, tesseractian yeah. sort of setup. Sir Richard Scully Muggles, by the way, the thing I was trying to get at, why your favorite cryptid? Sir Richard Scully Muggles, Skeptics Review. You're, you're, you're full of crap, and that's the nicest thing that I can say. Well, why your favorite cryptid of all time, which is... Actually, the jackalope deeply disturbing to me is because yeah. we're now on this journey to monsters. Yeah, and uh, why is the jackalope so prominent? Oh, because you think it's one of the ones we will actually find. Like, I, I don't want to like, I don't want to judge right now. It's one that I actively hunt for. It's it's because I live in their territory. I live. In, oh, you're. Do, I do live think, on Route 66 in northern Arizona. The jackalope is like a sign of of. It's like the, the symbol of northern Arizona on Route 66. You have a bear as a totem. Do you think rabbit might be another totem? Could well be. So you, you have well a connection be. to rabbit. I, I got red a long time ago. I had the uh, the moose, the bear, and the possum. Mm -hmm. But I think those change over time because that was a long time ago that I got that reading done, like teenager. Um, moose, bear, and possum. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Those are pretty pretty good i mean the possum's like yeah well, okay you know so like, yeah we got a possum uh, i think when i moved from the northeast to the southwest the moose called elk and switched me over to elk's protection because there's no moose out here and i have some elk stories that i will share in the future when they pertain nice uh but, but the, back the bear's the always with me and the the possum could have switched up for the rabbit who knows man but if you, you have know? a bear and a possum like the bear you're supposed to play dead for, but the possum you're playing dead for. So, like, mm. which one wins that? Yes, right. <laughs> it, it, but you, oh, you're like the werewolf thing. and the sheep. You can do both. You're, well, it, you can be right. the bunny or you can be the werewolf. And you can rub your hands. Tap my head and rub my belly at the same time. I can't even say it. Either way, with whatever hand you want. Just stop that. Just I can up. rub the head and tap the belly, too. If so you now want. I'm going to dis <laughs> dispel the jackalope. They, honestly, this is not news. Shouldn't be news to most people. There's a reason they think the jackalope is a real thing. Shopa, the Shope papillona virus is believed to be the disease behind the jackalope because it causes keratonous carcinomas to grow out of the face of the head of the rabbit. And if you see the oh. pictures, they look like horns. They're coming they down. Look like they're coming antlers. out. They're com they look like antlers. And I honestly think 
that's why they stayed in the bestiaries so long. We mentioned that earlier, that they stayed in bestiaries because people were seeing these little horned rabbits, and it's just a disease. Well, there you go. So they really yeah. do exist. I told you they were real. Well, you can't, like, be excited about that. They're not rabbits. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, you should be a little excited Like, they're about not that. deer, but they're not rabbits. But, but it's still debunked. As a, as, a, as a mythical creature with horns. I guess it does have horns. I mean, I don't know. Is it, though? Let's just... Uh. So you just told me there are rabbits I, with antler-looking protrusions coming would, out of their heads. I was trying to deflate you, and you're, like, trying to you're take it as a win. You're just building me up, man. I always yeah. win. Whoa. It's just a matter of turning Two a words, positive. Wolfman puck. You can make anything into a positive if you have the right energy. Oh. So this, this is how we get from hate rabbit to that can't hold his head up and is limping along to its death. Go, this, go, this rabbit go. Is, this rabbit is hopping confidently down the road from hate to love, oh, okay. and it is bringing us right along with it, Moz. Yeah, it sounds like a carcinoma to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know All what right. that's like? That's like the uh, supposed baby sea serpent back in Gloucester from episode two that they... It was a black snake with with weird yeah. growths on it that yeah. they tried to say was a baby sea serpent and blew the whole case up. Yeah. So yeah. I'm referencing episode two there, Moz. That's but pretty you good. You said Gloucester sea serpent, but everyone knows that Slinky. Everyone knows it's Slinky. Yeah. Of Just course go it, with Of that. course his name's Slinky. What else would he call him? Exactly. Believability scale. They feel your methods. Your theories are spooky. Do you think I'm spooky? Wait, why am I scully? I give Chuck Norris, I believe in Chuck Norris a 10. (laughs) (laughs) And Bugs Bunny, Proto Trickster Rabbit Demigod, 10 as well. 10 as well. Yeah, Bo Derek, 10. 10. Spinal Tap, 11. Yeah. Yeah. That ends mine. Actually, you know what? We're not even giving giving, you. I'm giving Bugs Bunny a Spinal Tap 11 on the believability scale. Because he is is beyond belief, that Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Well, thank you. You know, you, you know, you make me. Sad that I was so mean to you, or, you know, minutes ago. But thank you, appreciate that. Did we ever say Scully Mulder believability scale? I'll stick the bumper in there somewhere. I'm sure it'll be fine. Just put it in the put it at the beginning. Yeah, it, it's, mess it's back there up. already. Yeah, it's already there. It's all good. But we have another bumper. Last oh, one. Yeah. Wolfman Puck. Wolfman Puck scripted culinary corner. Your entree, sir. I think I could do a lot. With a rabbit as a basket ingredient. Oh, geez. Can we just eat rabbit? I, nope. I actually like rabbit. Nope, nope, nope. No. Because it's not monster enough. I found I went through uh, this whole yeah. mythic thing, and I went through this, through this whole monster grimoire thing. It's not enough monster rabbits. So I want to add a little dragon to the rabbit. Ooh. That's the basket ingredient. Now you go. Oh, am I going first? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm totally putting you on the spot. Okay. I'm, Unless you, I could go first, because I did think of this at a time. I'm going to prepare my rabbit. In a slow cooker with some rose parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, which is a love potion, by the way. And a Simon Garfunkel uh, Some potatoes, some wild onions, head of garlic. Uh, the Chicago. And a, a little dragon fire sauce. Wow. And as that cooks, I'm going to make some uh, dragon chincharones, deep fried dragon skins. I just stop To go with it on the side. You know, I, I want to tell people this. I did not give you this ahead of time. This is something I hit you with. We only send, you send me more of your 
stuff to me than I send to you. I keep you in the dark completely. And then you got to go and win Wolfman Puck like this. And for the drink, I will be serving Fireball. Wow. Because it has the weird fire-breathing dragon demon thing on the side. I am not going because uh, it's mean what you did there. But uh, I'm just going to skip right to the drink. Wait, you're not serving dinner? You're just going to eat mine because it was so good? I just good? think you won. Okay. I, I'm, I'm not... Uh, it was the, the deep-fried dragon skin chincharon, so... I, you know, I, I don't... I don't... I just... I think you won today. Mm. I, I, just, That's fair. I don't think I've won one of these in a while. Well, I just said how... I just... Isn't it great that I just said, oh, yeah, I always beat you in Wolfman Puck, uh-huh, and then bam. Uh-huh. And actually, I, I don't, am. but... There's that ego thing again. Yeah. You were talking about that a little bit ago. Well, as soon as I, you know, you get shot down when your ego shows a little bit, and that just yeah. happened today. So. You gotta gotta get humbled once in a while. Learn. It's good for you. Yeah, we moved back from the supernatural back to the proto preternatural. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel today. I feel like only a proto shaman. But thanks for knocking me down a peg. I do appreciate it. Always a pleasure, boss. And uh, this was again just a kind of a. It was a throw together, but it wasn't. It was a great, fun episode. Was, I'm really glad we did that. Yep. It's it's only once every four years you even get an opportunity to do a Leap Day special. Yeah. I feel kind of blessed that our first February as a podcast, we were able to do that. And yeah, that, that was that was a great thing we just covered that we may have never done otherwise. So no. good, good job, Moss. Right, good job. You, I'm, I'm glad you're willing to pick up the slack for me and do these holiday specials well you do a lot of the the driving and the grunt work and oh yeah happy to pass your rapasado now and again i am so, very good at grunting so yeah. it fits it fits we just need four or five hundred rabbits and we'll be ready for the party or the yeah. barbecue yeah i, I want to go drink some tequila with the rabbit gods man. that's what we like, should i want to go to that party so bad now can i do wolfman buck you want to do it yeah go ahead we're going to go to a barbecue, and we're going to bring a rabbit and a dragon, oh. 500 rabbits to Bones' house. I just won Wolfman Puck. <laughs> wow, nice comeback. 500 <laughs> rabbits for a barbecue at Bones, man. I don't know why I didn't tie that back in. Yeah. Kind of sad. That's but. fantastic. Yep. Too late, though. The trophy was already Dang. given out, so I still win. But I guess we can wrap it up here. Is, is there anything else to add or subvert before we go here, Moss? I'm good. Well, if you enjoyed it, please take a second to hit all those happy little fun buttons on whatever platform you're on. The like, subscribe, share with your friends, leave us a comment, a rating, a review, all that sort of stuff. Anytime you take to do that is much appreciated. Definitely helps out the podcast here on the overall. And this being a special, I believe this is coming out on Thursday. So we'll be back in just a few days on Tuesday with our normal weekly release. And don't forget, our Patreon is now as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash tour if you want to get ahead of the public on not only the episodes themselves getting pre-released in the, in the member section, but the side trails come out right along with the episode so you can listen to them in conjunction instead of waiting for the compilations. I'm going to stop talking. Thank you once again, Moz. Yay! No, I was just clapping and you stopping talking. Oh. Boo. <laughs> crickets. I said I crickets. I want crickets. Crickets. There's your crickets. Till Tuesday. Thanks for coming, everybody. Have a good one, listener.
North winds blow. West winds blow. Kill the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs>